1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score.
3: Indeed. Steve Rosenblum and Gabe Ramirez here for your Memorial Day entertainment. We are in hour two. We will take you up to 11.30. Cubs pregame show. Cubs and Brewers split doubleheader. Today, Zach's pregame show at 11.30 after we get off the air. First pitch, 12.05. Cubs coming off their series with the Sox in which they got a split. And we are going back to the guest hotline. Score hotlines presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And we're going to talk with Baseball analyst for Six Seventy, the Score. That's us. A contributor to the Marquee Sports Network. On Twitter is at MLB Bruce Levine. So it must be Bruce Levine. In between swigs of prune juice, welcome in Bruce.
4: Oh, that's cold
5: coming from the old guy.
4: I literally, Bruce, I was dying over here. I can't believe he said that. <laughs> that's cold.
5: And especially, you know, he's got to look in the mirror every day, too, you know.
3: I do that in between sips of Metamucil, Bruce. <laughs> All right, so did the White Sox season end yesterday?
5: End uh, on a good note, bad note? I mean, they won the game, didn't they?
3: Yes, they did. No. So they got to 500. Congratulations. <laughs> Woo! Did their season? Uh, did their championship no, hopes I mean, I, end? No,
5: it, it didn't because it, the the reason. I mean, look, it's it's a very fair question, you know, as to where they're at and where they're going to go with likely missing Tim Anderson for who who knows three weeks, a month, whatever it is with a groin injury. Uh, that that's one guy you can't lose. All right, we we know that he is he is the juice of that team. He is the guy that makes that team go. He is the energy of that team. That said. They're playing in a division that's not really good. Minnesota has been playing good baseball, and uh, they are the best in the division right now. But uh, there is no reason to, be- to think, with the White Sox pitching, which what the- which is very deep, especially getting Lance Lynn back uh, very soon, uh, that that they can't uh, compete and that they they can't vie for the division or a, a wild card. So. Uh, we, we know the offense has been off. We know the injuries have been plentiful. But we also know that the, the White Sox have very good pitching, and, and that should keep them afloat and keep them in contention for the rest of the year.
4: Bruce, do you think Minnesota being in first place is a result of them playing the AL Central so, so often, or do you feel as though they are genuinely a good team?
5: You know, I, I, I don't. I don't go with that playing the division stuff that much. I mean, there are two teams that aren't, aren't great in that division. You know, you, you have Detroit, you have Kansas City. They're not going to be very good. Cleveland can always pitch a, a good game because they, they have good pitching, not much offense. But uh, I, I just think you have to win the, the games that are in front of you and not concentrate too much on, oh, well, oh, we can win our division. I, I don't. I don't think you can count on that I just think you, you got to go out there and play good ball consistently defensively the White Sox have been uh, have been shown to be not a good team again this year and it stood out more guys because of the fact that they play too many close games the offense has not contributed and it, it, it's it's contributed only to more close games where defensive mistakes that were uh, kind of glossed over in 2021 because of better offense uh, is showing up and it's and it's hurting them badly.
3: Talking with Bruce Levine, baseball analyst for Six Seventy to Score. That's us, contributor to the Marquee Sports Network and the 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 White Sox inability to hit seems ripe. The criticism of Frank Menaquino is <clears throat> his team's always hit a lot of ground balls and this team just can't can't get out of it get it out of its own way can't get any runs they got five runs yesterday remarkably and it shouldn't have to be that way that should be the expectation they the the time they score seven runs the other teams getting 16 it's just such an imbalance Bruce the I have no idea what firing Frank Manichino would do but that always seems to be the knee-jerk reaction and there (laughs) should be a responsibility placed on the players for not making
5: themselves better how do you see this Playing out. Well, I, I don't think it's Frank Meneghino's uh, fault. Uh, he teaches a level swing, as you said, and a lot of a lot of times that that creates a ground ball. So, so you're you're certainly right about that. But uh, when watching all of spring training and watching a lot of stuff in the batting cage, which most people would think is a big waste of time, and maybe I wouldn't disagree with him either. Uh, the, the fact is, he's teaching a, a hard level swing, not as not a swing to hit ground balls, but a, a swing to hit uh, line drives in between the gaps. And, and that's what you watch them teach. Uh, as far as the productivity of the offense, I don't think it's based necessarily on their swings as much as their approach. <laughs> their approach is has not been good. This is a team full of guys that don't walk outside of Grandal and Abreu for some reasons walking more this year uh, than in the past. But it's a team that, that won and had a good offense without walking. But the difference this year, guys, is that they are not having good at bats. And that's a big difference. Uh, We talked to Rick Hahn twice last week about this, and he said, this is not our offense. And I had him uh, confirm that again uh, on uh, Saturday, that, yeah, uh, what I mean by that is that we're not having good at bats, we're not having deep at bats, we're not showing the next hitter what the guy has at a particular day and what he doesn't have and uh... we're, we're making quick outs. so the at bats themselves rather than walking and being more successful in the at bat is the major concern of the white Sox.
4: all right i'm gonna go over to the north side because i'm tired of you guys beating up on my white socks over here no they beat up on themselves
3: it's not <laughs> us they don't need nice our team. help they beat up on
4: themselves um, but uh... bruce someone that that has, has some good at bats Lately is Christopher Morel. He's been playing phenomenal baseball over the last eleven games, but I look at his frame: six foot, one forty. He's dental floss. It's it's so. I just I, is he playing center field? Is that someone that you feel can is going to be on the field throughout the entire season, or do you feel like an injury is looming just because of the way his body's
5: built? No, I mean, look, he's gotten this far. He's a professional baseball player that's in the major leagues and, and contributing. I don't. I don't look at the slight frame as meaning he's going to be hurt. I think he's a pretty strong guy for for what he's got. Uh, you know, you look at guys like Altuve. Uh, you know, at five five and uh, one forty five, you go, well, how in the heck does this guy play 150 games every year? How does he hit 25 or 30 home runs? So it, it's not. It's in baseball. That's one thing where, where size indeed, guys, does not matter uh, because it's all about. A quick twitch and the ability to uh, to to do those things that you have to do on the baseball field to be a great player and that's the beauty of baseball is that you can be 5 feet 6 and 140 pounds and be an all-star and be a Hall of Famer uh, that is uh, that's the fun part of baseball in the other sports not so much you know I don't think you're gonna find that too much in the NBA you do you do find the Mugsy Bogues from time to time uh, you know out there in basketball in football maybe once in a while but the, they don't hold up in those games very long in baseball that's a different sport
3: and it's really funny they every time i hear about Altuve and we talk size and shape and sure david freeze was on texas rangers a couple of years ago and he's talking about how his son was on the field and they and they players always bring their kids into the clubhouse in the roach family to a little too far with that but they they so David Freeze has his kid on, and David Freeze is telling his kid, "No, I'm sorry, you can't play. We can we can stay here in the dugout, and you can watch this." And and then all of a sudden he sees the game starting, and David Freeze's kid sees the Houston second baseman and says,
5: "Hey, that kid gets to play." Uh. (laughs) I love that. That. Yeah, I mean, and that that's it. I mean, that's that's why I've always loved baseball because. Everybody has a chance to be really good if they put the hard work into it. The other sports, as we said, you know, not so much, you know, because you you need a, a bigger frame to play basketball and football. But baseball, you know, that's the beauty of, you know, a Nelly Fox and a Louis Aparicio can be little guys that end up in the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, White Sox fans watched that for years back in the uh, 50s and 60s.
3: Oh, my God. Freddie Patek, Bucky Dent, hit one of Bucky F. Dent, had one of the most famous home runs. in, And
5: and the greatest walk in history was by Eddie Goodell. Yes. Yeah, see? Look at that. Five feet none.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bruce, the... the you talk about talking to Rick Hahn Saturday, and so while you and David and Mike Esposito, you're going through as many co-hosts as I am now, Bruce, on Inside the Clubhouse. No, you know,
5: it's the same thing, Steve, that with me, it's the exact same thing. Nobody wants to work with us. Right. And okay. so you and I and did
3: a Christmas show when I had five hours, and we were the only two people who could stand each other for five yeah, hours. That's right. And, and
5: I, I loved every minute of it because well, we're, we're just as caustic as, as the other guy. Right. I mean, it's in, just.
1: In the same But room. I mean, uh,
5: it, it's, it's so much fun uh, to wear out other hosts and to see who Mitch Rosen <laughs> uh, and Ryan can come up with to, that will actually work with us. Yes, yeah, uh, so t- we, we feel
3: like. Michael Jordan in practice. Just how many two guards yeah. can we
5: kill? Yeah, bring me, bring me somebody else
4: that, that that wants to win
3: as bad as I <laughs> You know,
5: it, the funniest part of that, uh, Gabe, is that it's all true. No, stop <laughs> it.
4: I talk to David Hall all the time, and he talks about how delightful you are on these pre yeah. pre show meetings. Yeah, I've been <laughs>
5: described a lot of things, and Rose and Bloom the same. I don't know if delightful has ever been used i appreciate it yeah i appreciate it from i don't know if david used the term delightful yes david of
3: course graduated with a ba and bs so. <laughs> all right person in, in saturday with the news broke while i was on the air me and trash panda that the the white Sox were dfa dallas keichel and it was i was surprised i didn't expect them to do that the upside of uh, the downside of that is that once you commit to a free agent paying big money, they want to see support. This could this could hurt you in some form of free agency that other players will look at and go, "Oh wow!" As soon as you stop playing, as soon as you're doing well, they're not supporting you. They're not staying with you, which yeah. is really a load of crap because you're getting paid to perform. So I took that. One of the parts I took of that the, the release is this is what's best for the team, and that's what matters get better or get out. I took that as kind of a message. And then Rick Hahn said, no, that wasn't a kind of message because I was hoping it was aimed at Yasmani Grandal, who needs to get better. He's a catcher who can't catch and now he can't walk and he can't hit. So were you, do you believe Rick Hahn saying this was not a message? This is not a message to other guys, but yet a team with championship aspirations can't sit there and tolerate crap like we've seen for some of the players getting a lot of money and with whom there are greater expectations.
5: Yeah, I don't. I don't think you make any uh, any you know declarations about uh, guys that are making fourteen million like Keiko was. The the, the real declaration comes from uh, Tony La Russa and the coaching staff sitting with Han and, and Kenny Williams and, and saying. We can't have any more two-inning starts. It's going to destroy our bullpen, okay? We need somebody to go out there and throw five innings so that in the next game and the game after that, we still have uh, people to go out there and and help save games because we know, you know, the average outing these days is five to six innings. And with the White Sox, you know, uh, Kopech has shown that he can get past that, certainly Cease and uh, Giolito are capable of that as well as Lynn. But until you get Lynn back, you can't destroy your bullpen with these long uh, sets of uh, games in a row without days off. Uh, w- without uh, you know thinking, okay, no more two winning starts from the starting pitcher. I think it's as simple as that. Is that they they felt he wasn't capable of even giving them a. Uh, anymore and, and they, they had to make the decision based on that he can give five innings they just suck so <laughs> well i mean you know you can't be behind six nothing
3: after two that's I mean, right it's just it's not going to work bruce thanks for your time we appreciate it and bruce will be Guys. on on the air well he'll be on the air we talking about the cubs but uh on the score airwaves but saturday inside the clubhouse will be a little extended based on the cubs so what's coming up saturday that you know of
5: I know that uh, a terrific show follows me every Saturday no not
3: Stop. this Saturday they blew me
5: up they, almost every me. Saturday they're I'm sorry played. I'm corrected almost every Saturday Bruce and, is a terrific friends. show otherwise this cola. Saturday we're going to lead right into Cub Baseball uh, myself and Mark Grody and uh, you know working working with Grody you know that's that's all that's like going to the circus all all, all at the same time doesn't matter who our, our guests are but it, it'll be fun and Guys, have a great week. Thanks for having me on, okay?
3: Thanks, Bruce. We appreciate it. Bruce okay. Levine, score baseball analyst, reporter, co-host of Inside the Clubhouse with a rotating, you know, your name here. Yeah. Plus I, I plus one. Gabe, I think you'll be, I don't know why Grody's I'm doing sure, that. I, I'm sure at some next. point
4: I'll be right around there.
3: Yeah. You You know, as we, we consider this there've been a rotating group apart can we say No, I can't say there I'm afraid to say any word on the air here that oh. might be questionable so I'm not going to say
4: I want to bring back up what you were talking about with Dallas Keiko in in regards to whether it being like a statement piece to getting him off the team mm-hmm. I wonder Steve if it was something where the players themselves were frustrated by those outings how you know I don't want if you're a first, you know if you're a Brayu if you are Tim Anderson at the time it was in the games and you're saying to yourself Geez, I'm come out here to give my best every every day, and when I'm playing behind Dallas, I you know get dejected. I get because you saw the body language of the guys, you know, when you saw Dallas out there pitching and giving up a ton of runs. So I wonder if it was more so to cater to the players themselves. You went to the game. You went to his last start, right? I was at his last start, and that was, it was brutal. Like Sixteen to seven was wasn't that bru-
3: the final? Yeah, was, or whatever it was. It was yeah. brutal. Did you stay for the whole game?
4: Absolutely not. All
3: right, we're gonna talk about that <laughs> later because there's a there's a report, there's a study done about when it's safe to leave a baseball game, and we will talk about that. But I as far as the players are concerned, we will discuss those dynamics because I'm interested in you mentioned body language. Mm-hmm. I wanna know what you saw, and then we could talk about that later. And eventually I'll get around to my Steve Stone point, <laughs> even though Steve Stone would make it or blow it up. Maybe he'll be listening and blow it up. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He is Gabe Ramirez. We are your Memorial Day entertainment, and we'll take a break. And if no one important is listening, we'll be back on the other side of this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
2: Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score.
3: Really? That's not what I read on my Twitter feed, on the Twitter machine? Do you follow the high lord and master operations director, standard brand king
4: here, I Gabe think Ramirez? I think when you sign a contract here, it automatically follows him.
3: Does it? <laughs> did you read what he recently retweeted?
4: I did not. I try to avoid Our it. Our <laughs> last guest,
3: Bruce Levine tweeted this out, and then it was retweeted by the grand almighty brand... The brand omnipotent stomper. Chicago Baseball Talk on the score next. Ramiel's tweeting and Steve Rosenblum host. So you've now, your name has been changed. Your Twitter feed has been changed and it was retweeted by somebody who runs this here radio station. <laughs> Just so you know. All right. Uh, we left you when last we heard from Gabe Ramirez. Yes as he was Gabe Ramirez before he became Romeo's tweeting, (laughs) Gabe Ramirez was talking about being at Dallas Keuchel's last game. And the best thing about that was it was his last game. And I'm not meaning to dump on a guy. No. Because he lost his job, but he's going to get paid. He'll get all his money. He wasn't earning what he was getting paid. And I do believe the, the Sox were way too patient with that for a team that declares itself World Series contenders. They really, they look like crap. They're a 500 team. I will later on, I have some thoughts on how it's not so dire. At least that was before Tim Anderson got hurt. But you talked about body language of other players, players not named Dallas
4: Keiko. What yeah. did you see that led you to conclude that and ask the question? It's all about the mound visit. When the mound visit takes place, If you're an infielder running in and you support your pitcher, heads up, maybe a hand in the back, hey, we got this, throw some strikes, let them put the ball in play, we'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. Quite the opposite when the mound visit includes Dallas Keiko. Heads down, zero eye contact. And just a dejected look, again, head down is, is the key for me. Looking at your glove as opposed to your pitcher that you're trying to defend.
3: <laughs> so this is like homework. <laughs> is, you're just doing the ceremonial. Exactly, there, right? I'm in sure. Here. It's
4: got to do this. It's like a,
3: a high five after a free throw in an NBA game. That's interesting. I didn't... I. I I had not watched that to tell you the truth. I think that's a great observation that that, and that's what you saw. Well, of
4: course, it was. Was it six nothing then when they had a mound visit, or (laughs) was it just four about to be six, right around there? Yeah, it's tough to watch because you know these guys are out there playing their butts off, and they want to be be able to at least be in a competitive game. Any pitcher that takes the mound in Major League Baseball, the goal is to keep your team within reach, so that that way your offense can either you know give you that lead or fight back for you. In order to take that potential loss off of your record, or don't give up so much, or don't give up so much. Yeah,
3: because you, know, you saw the some Cubs and White Sox kept giving away leads with stupid baseball and just that unbelievable the 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 crap you saw. But you saw comebacks from the White Sox yesterday, sure. and and it was guys who were going to need to come. Danny Mendick, yeah, two hits off the bench, two runs scored. Jake Berger finally, 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 after all this game. Uh, gets a five-man infield hit it to the outfield, so all of that is great. But part of the the body language part was interesting. I don't know. No, nothing's going to be said publicly by players. Mm-hmm. That was part of your question too, right? Where to, you know, What do the players think? Are the players relieved? Yeah. Are they happy? Do they? They? A lot of times, players police themselves, and ironically. Or coincidentally, I don't know if I'm using the ironically word correctly. You remember when they started the COVID season and they started it late and they got off to a, they were horrible. Mm -hmm. They were playing like crap, but you never knew. You didn't know what to expect. We had no precedent for this. Sure. And everybody was afraid. Nobody wanted to die and people were dying. And Dallas Keuchel calmly explained what he said to the team. He spoke to the team and he talked about, we got guys who are better than this. We have championship aspirations. I do remember that. Yeah, he was the he was the the leader.
4: They he needed, was they the vocal the the at the time,
3: vocal public mm-hmm. leader who was coming from the Astros. The Sox were paying for that pedigree. Agreed. And he was the guy who said in that COVID shortened season, we have to be better. We need to be better. This team is nowhere near what we should be. We're playing. You know, basically he said pull your heads out yeah and they did and we kept going back to Dallas Keichel saying something and I don't know if that factored into their the White Sox extreme amount of patience with the guy who sucked the, <laughs> one of the worst things that happened last season was Dallas Keichel was healthy enough to make all those starts yeah and he sucked and he sucked this year too and I'm sure he's healthy otherwise they would have they would have look they couldn't even fake Dallas. I l
4: <laughs> Yeah, so, it's easy to say something, Steve, when you're when you're pitching well. It's easy to point the blame at your team and tell them to play better yeah. when you have an, a record above 500.
3: Yeah, you have to be. It's always the best teams always have their best players or their best leaders because their best players set the best example. And I I I had talked with general managers who will it, in hockey there was a guy who was a a, a have a guy in the in the room and he's going to stand up and he's going to exhort his teammates or he's going to call them, take them to task or whatever. And he, he said, you're going to have a guy who's not your best player, but maybe your best goal scorer. Mm. And he's going to say, or at least think and maybe say, I got 30 goals, you got four, sit down. <laughs> and that happens in every, in whatever version of it, that happens in every locker room and, and every clubhouse, every dressing room, that's the way it goes. The Bulls were lucky. Their best practice player was their best player and their best leader. Mm. And that's the way it was with Michael Jordan. And you can look at so many teams like that when your best player is your leader because he's your best practice player or he is your your most directed. It's hard to say best practice player in baseball. sure, But – the greatest professional effort example. Yeah. But, but as a professional example, that's the way it, that's the way it, it, it plays out as a guy who carries himself that way As actually, while Jason Hayward was never the Cubs best player still isn't was a guy that Cubs fans liked to DFA. The reason it mattered what he said during that 17 minute rain delay in game seven Mm -hmm. in 2016 was because of the way he carried himself professionally. True. So that's the way it shows in baseball, but but players who were there, either, I'm sure there were some mixed emotions with Dallas Keuchel by who, by guys who had grown close to him, respected him, by guys who see themselves in Dallas Keuchel's position. So you're talking
4: about members of the pitching staff,
3: or Yasmani Grandal? I don't want to see him go. <laughs> I don't want you know guys who suck shouldn't be released. <laughs> oh Yasmani right, Grandal yeah. sucks. He's a bad catcher who's catching. He's a guy who prevents a lot of pitchers on that staff from throwing their best stuff because they know he will not stop it. Sometimes he just plain can't catch it. And now he's hurting you offensively. His lone advantage, the one thing that deodorizes his horrible defensive play is his ability to walk and get on base and hit homers and left-handed power. Where's that been? He's one of the worst hitters in baseball with 150 or more flight appearances, certainly among catchers. Awful.
4: What do, you think it, what do you think it could be? If we were to speculate. That's our fun No job. idea.
3: It, it, you mentioned earlier, you know, once you get, you go from 32 to 33, you go from, you you leave that window. Yeah. I mean, when Theo was here, he made it clear. Theo Epstein was clear that 27, 32, you, that's what you want to pay for. Yeah. You don't want to pay for what a guy did during that time and signed a 35-year-old because of what he did was 27 to 32. He's not getting better. Unless he's on you know, unless he's using steroids, Bobby uh, Barry Bonds and but but I don't know if it is that aging thing. I don't know because when you get older, you know, your eyesight goes, maybe you can't see yeah. strike zone as well. Maybe he's itchy. I have no idea. It could be any number of things. But what I what I said on Saturday when they released Keuchel, was I was hoping this was a message get better or get out we're here to get the world series if you're not helping you're in the way you're going to get thrown under you know what we'll just run you over we'll throw you off the boat off the off the sure. train and then Rick Han said no this wasn't a message this is not well Josh Harrison sucks <laughs> Yasmani Grandal sucks there's a lot of guys who suck that you can just Steve, I don't
4: need what do I need them here for you can only you can only admit to certain mistakes not every single one of them And so when you say about the Dallas Keiko thing, it's like, hey, we made a mistake. We've left them on for too long. It's time to move on. But if you were to do that and go up and down the lineup, you probably wouldn't have a roster. (laughs) You wouldn't have a roster at this point. Okay, well, that's good. I mean, the roster you have is 500, and it's not going to get better without Tim Anderson. But you feel better about Yasmani Grandal and Josh Harrison playing better than you do Dallas Keiko. You feel like you can save those two guys. Yeah. Come no. Come
3: on. You, you, Josh Harrison is a. <clears throat> his war is 0. 4, minus 0. 0.4. Now, if you add all this up, Danny Mendick, Josh Harrison, Laurie Garcia, if you add up all their wars, these are the guys who are somehow, in some combination, the Keystone combo <laughs> with Tim Anderson out. They are a minus one war. Hmm. They've cost the White Sox a game by being on the roster and Tony playing them. Tony LaRenteria, that is, playing them. (laughs) Not having Trevor Story. I don't know. Trevor Story has, in three games against the White Sox, he had two home runs and eight RBIs. Second baseman for the White Sox this year, have a total of two home runs and 11 RBIs. (laughs) Ah, Trevor Story could have moved to shortstop. Had you signed him, White Sox, he could have moved to shortstop in Tim Anderson's absence. But the thing about Steve Stone is, I want to get this before we get to the break here, and we're just going to hit this thing. But I want to hit this with Steve Stone. I wish Steve Stone was here to tell me whether it was true or not. But when he was with the Baltimore Orioles and Hank Peters was the general manager, when they would suffer an injury like this, they the White Sox just lost their best player. They're sure. going to lose him for two months, at least 60 days on the I.L. Tim Anderson's gone. So, and by the way, Tim Anderson hit what the seminal home run of the year. And the, the Sox then went two and three. So it, it did nothing this year for that. But when the when Steve Stone's Baltimore Orioles would suffer an injury like this and you go, well, wow, we need a position player, because you've heard the talk. Who can they go get a shortstop? Yeah. Who can they get a second base? What can they do here? How can they get another bat? Hank Peters, who built those sustained success Orioles teams, always competitive, they'd go out and get pitching. Hmm. We don't need another bat. We're not going to get another bat. Cause the worst time to make a trade is when you have to make a trade and everyone knows. it. And Steve Stone said that his, when he played for the Orioles, Hank Peters would go out and get another arm. Mm. Now you could say, well, the White Sox are going to get that when Lance Lynn comes back, but you know, someone else is going to, I mean, Joe Kelly's been hurt twice already, right? Yeah. yeah. And Joe Kelly's been here 20 minutes. He spent a lot more time in the score studio than he has on the Sox uh,
5: roster.
4: It's a great job, by the way, when he came into the store's core studio. All
3: right, that's that. Um, we're going to take a break. Uh, Steve Rosenloom and Gabe Ramirez here for your Memorial Day entertainment on Chicago Sports Radio 670. We, by the way, we'll have uh, 312-644-6767. It appears that we have the threat of a caller. You can text us at that number. Somebody's texted in a thought for a White Sox trade piece and I just, maybe you really haven't looked at this seriously. I'll look at it seriously for you. Chicago Sports Radio
2: 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Indeed. Oh! Gabe
3: Ramirez, do you know what that is?
4: sounds like some pretty epic breaking news
3: <laughs> it's a breaking phone call sounder oh caesar and i and before that trash panda we, and with mark Rody, we never get phone calls okay and even though we give the number 312-644-6767 which will also get you to the text line the tech zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of algonquin save time shop online at rosenhunday.com that's also the phone number to this here radio station. And someone apparently dialed it and what happens is Caesar plays the breaking phone call sounder and then introduces the phone caller to us. So Caesar, what uh-huh. have you brought us? We have Rich in Old Town has
0: uh, something to say about Tony LaRusa.
3: Rich, welcome to the score. A we we are here for your Memorial Day entertainment. How are you today? Good morning.
6: I, I, uh, I decided to call. I'm a fairly frequent caller, but decided to call when you qualify that you have to be unimportant to listen. Uh, no one important is listening, so I fall into that category.
0: Well, yeah,
3: we, we we get to go on to each new segment. As long as no one important listens then, <laughs> then the like show that. will not be stopped. That's why.
6: I like that. No, I thought it was funny. Uh, no, I wanted to I'm a very uh, experienced baseball guy, including playing in college and following. Uh, I'm not from here, but I was, I've lived here 23 years. And I've seen a lot of baseball uh, from having lived all over the country. And when I look at the White Sox, it's really hard to be a fan. And I'm a big American leaguer, big Red Sox fan, uh, born in Boston. But I like the American League. So, you know, I've tried to adopt the White Sox because I love baseball. But i got to tell you something, and I understand the rules. But one of my recommendations would be we could change the rules. How about DFAing Larissa? Can is that I know? That's, uh-huh. that's
4: Steve's gonna love, love this. I, <laughs> you know,
6: I think I'd start there. And here's why: because I can confirm everything you've alleged, which is right on the money, and every measurable area that I looked at. Because I'm a stats guy, fielding, hitting base running, on base, anything you want to look at, team ERA. Do you realize in the eight categories, the White Sox aren't in the top 15 in any of them? Mm. And on base percentage, they're 28th. And ERA, they're like 17 or 18. They don't steal bases. They don't hit home runs. Batting averages are 17th or 18th. And if you didn't have Anderson, they'd be 28th for team batting. And I started to say they're they're fundamentally unsound. They don't run the bases. They don't play great defense. Oh, defensively, that's the, they're like 28 in defense. Everybody knows that. But they're not improving. And I've started to think, if you weren't Reinsdorf, let's just say you had any other manager with the talent the White Sox have, wouldn't you launch a guy that's been around a year and a half that isn't getting results? Because I think they're 500 now. And one of the things I pointed out to my buddies who are big White Sox guys the next 31 games, and I looked this up to confirm this. 21 of the 31 are with division leaders or teams with winning percentages. So, and they're not—they're 500 now. What do you think they're going to be before the uh, the All Star break?
3: Worse. That's what I think they're going to be. Worse, Rich. I, I appreciate that. And w- in talking about Tony Laurenteria, <laughs> you're dealing with a guy who is no better and in some ways worse than the guy he replaced. But what's worse about the whole thing, as we discussed earlier, is that Chairman Reinsdorf forced him into the Sox dugout, and he neutered Rick Hahn, who gets to be titular general manager, and he has to put together a roster that the gen- that the manager suddenly has probably more say over, more authority over, and the general manager can't fire the manager. So this would be a time to do it because – Tony So R- actually, Tony LaRusso was supposed to make this team better than Ricky Renteria. It's not. It's 500. Bad defensively. Sometimes idiotically running the bases. It's a team that's not hitting. Sometimes Tony Laurenteria doesn't know the rules of the game. Other times he can't handle the pitching staff. The pitching staff especially was supposed to save, his knowledge was supposed to save this. And now you're at 500, and you're missing your shortstop leader, the the guy with the swag, the guy who you want to follow as a fan, and a and a, you can
4: see that as a teammate. teammate right? yeah. You talk about the body language.
3: Isn't this a guy you'd want to follow as, yeah. as a teammate? Right? And they say that about him.
4: You love seeing Tim Anderson play and the way he plays. I wonder what the conversations are like between Tony Larusa and Mr. Reinsdorf.
3: I, I'm sure it's just. Courtesy reach arounds. I'm sure it's <laughs> everybody back slapping each other. Look how oh we're doing good. Oh we're gonna let's blame all it right. on the we'll injuries. Right. Oh I confess they did it. Tony Laurentaria has is not bringing anything to the White Sox except some embarrassment talking about what Gabe Kapler should do and how the how the <clears throat> how the protest should go and when it's appropriate or not. the The point is that he's not going anywhere. I mean I, I think. I think this clubhouse gets a lot different. I brought it up to Bruce. I brought it up yeah. to you, AJ Przinski as your manager, because if you fire Tony Laurenteria, who do you make? Who do you make the manager? Yeah, because bench bench coach do you make do you make it Miguel Cairo, who brought was brought in by that guy? Do you make it third base coach Joe McEwing? the guy who's send Yasmani Grandal, (laughs) who is still not gotten
4: near home plate and was (laughs) really, so who's your guy? It's tough, especially because of the roster that you have guys that are in their championship window, so to speak. And you think when a roster is of that ilk, you say to yourself, well, we need someone that can get them there and and, and take them to the promise. Not not a young manager like Rossi, who they've put in place to kind of right the ship. Or just keep it afloat, I should say. And so with LaRusa, it's unfortunate, and we were talking about this earlier, the Chicago White Sox admitting to their mistakes, and they did so with the with DFAing Dallas Keiko, but they 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 will fail to do it in so many other areas, specifically the managerial role. Wow. Uh-oh. We have a world indoor
3: record for a Saturday Suckage on Monday broadcast. Caesar, what have you for us? As we have Ron on the south side with some more White Sox comments here. Ron, welcome to the score. How are you this Memorial Day? Hey, I
2: always enjoy you uh, for years. Uh, real quick, I, I, I totally disagree with the, the, the last caller when he talked about um, Tony Russo. Because he said, well, you know, look at the talent this team has. Who, what talent? Oh. Uh, he, 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 look, look, look! most of these guys are injury prone um uh yohan you see what i'm saying with all the stats that he ran out you can't attribute that to a manager i don't care what manager you bring this is a very flawed team look you don't have a right to um, field. I remember at the beginning of the season when they said, well, you we have three. To me, when you have three, that means you don't have one. You don't have one good one. You don't have – look look at the second base situation. Yohan Mankata, I, I, I don't I, – I, we don't know about Yohan Mankata. He hasn't been good in, what, two or three years? Jasmine Grandal, look at his numbers. You have one good player. Um. Luis Robert. Grandal was good uh, last year.
3: Grandal was giving you what you needed last year. Moncada, yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Moncada performed. The problem with Moncada is he can't stay healthy. The problem with a lot of White Sox, they can't stay healthy. Eloy, Louis Robert. And These guys have
4: all performed. So to say, you know.
3: When they've been healthy, they yeah. can't stay healthy. And so you can, you know, look, they're going to, I will make a prediction here, two of them. The White Sox are going to fire Frank Menekino and they're going to fire their trainer. They will be replaced by next season.
2: Yeah, but you can't just blame that uh, on that. that team is just uh, flawed. So you, I don't care what manager you know what you You can make
3: them. You know what? If Tony LaRenteria would be capable of making a team play better defense, if nothing else, give your pitching staff some support. Why? Why is it not a manager's fault that there aren't demands that these players get better defensively? Ron, tell me, tell me why it's not the manager's fault.
2: The reason that it's not his fault—they—they they do not have the capability. They do—they are not good defense. Majority, look how. Marshall Why not? But they're a playoff
4: D. team. They're a playoff team, though. And, and when you have playoff talent, it's so difficult to go, get to the play- not
2: Going to playoffs this year. Well, that's my—I know, but your to point this year. exactly.
4: But 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 the point that the uh, the previous caller was trying to make was these guys have playoff capabilities, and your manager should be the one to get you there. And continue to have you perform better year after year, as opposed to seeing the regression that we've seen. Thanks for the call,
3: Ron. We appreciate it. Um, we've we will get back to our spirited White Sox discussion and Tony Laurenteria and the unfireable one. And uh, part of the reason that the general manager has been neutered and can't can't make that change with this team. And I guess what defense travels. I don't know about offense. Doesn't always necessarily, but. Pitching, not necessarily, but it should. Defense, you can field ground balls on whatever. You can catch ground balls. You can make the right play, make the right throw. The fact that this team isn't better indicts the manager as well as the players, but I think the manager could make a greater impression on on a team doing that. He could make greater demands. Speaking of demands, speaking of impressions,
4: your Bears – Yes, Gabe. I'll, I'll I'll take ownership of the team.
3: Well, you'll have to wrestle it from Aaron Rodgers, who owns the Bears and owns the NFC North, and we will talk about both with Cam Ellis after this
1: break. Next, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.